Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. In this podcast episode, I want to test you. And there is actually a grade that you can get on the other end of this podcast. So what is this about exactly? This is about email marketing. And if you do not have an email list yet, well, you failed. You scored a zero because I'm going to go over 10 things that you should actually be doing when you are building an email list and you have email marketing as a part of your business. And I don't know where you're going to score, but as we go along, try to keep track of what your score is. If you get a 10 out of 10 fantastic. You're setting yourself up for the best success possible for your online business with email. Maybe you're five out of 10, in which case we have a few things to do. Or maybe you're on the very lower end, uh, which hopefully means you're just getting started. But if not, wow, you got some catching up to do. Whatever the case is, stick around because I'm going to go over the 10 things you should actually be doing when email marketing to succeed in your online business. So stick around. Here we go. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, if he wasn't online right now, he'd be fishing on a lake with you, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to session 422 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people, too. And one of the best ways you can do all of those things is with your emails, the emails that you send to people, and how you collect these emails. And we're gonna go over 10 things you should actually be doing to best set yourself up for success and your online business up for success in this world right now. And it doesn't matter when you're listening to this. If you have an email list, awesome. Let's maximize the opportunities. And if you don't have an email list, well, you, like I said earlier, failed. But what's great is you can come in now with this knowledge ahead of time and blast through the competition and get a little bit of, uh, more of a head start when you actually start your email list. So um, qualifier, you need an email list. And if you haven't yet started an email list, a couple things I can offer for you right now. Number one, I recommend checking out 100emails.com. This is a free challenge that Team SPI and I have put together for you to help you get your first 100 emails 
within three days. It's a zero to 72 uh, hour email marketing challenge and tens of thousands of people have used it already to success to start their email list. And no, you do not need to buy anything. Literally, you just sign up every day for three days. I send you an email with some instructions and then I'll tell you what to do with it. And it works, I, I swear, it works. So 100emails.com. Now, if you are ready for an email service provider, I'll be mentioning one throughout this episode here that has a lot of the capabilities that I'm gonna be talking about. But honestly, it doesn't really matter what email service provider you're using, to be honest, just do it, but if you aren't on one yet, an email service provider, and you wanna get into one that I've recommended, definitely get involved with ConvertKit. That's ConvertKit. I've been with them since 2014, after starting with Aweber, and then moving to Infusionsoft, and then finding my home in ConvertKit. And uh, not only am I an affiliate for ConvertKit, which means if you go through my affiliate link at smartpassiveincome.com slash ConvertKit, I do get a little bit of a kickback for that, and thank you so much for that. Um, There is a special sort of offer there for you if you wanna check it out. But I am an advisor for the company now. I love it so much that I'm an advisor. So literally, I fly to Boise, Idaho, which is where they're stationed. Nathan Berry, the founder, has been on the podcast before, and he's bootstrapped the company, and he really cares about his creators, and I love the company so much, I wanted to come on and help out even more, and it's great. A lot of people love it. A lot of SPI users love it too. And if that's what you you choose to use, then awesome. If not, no worries, no worries, because we're gonna get into this checklist slash audit right now. And each of these things is worth one point. So we're gonna make the math very simple here so you don't need to write things down. Just kind of memorize over time as we go along what your score is. Each of these 10 things are worth one point. And again, we're shooting for 10 out of 10 here. So we're gonna play this little game. And let's just start right at the top. Number one, again, worth one point. You have opt-in forms on your most popular pages, right? Opt-in forms on your most popular pages. Now, how do you know what your most popular pages are? There's likely an idea in your mind of what those things are. However, here's a hint, don't guess. Use your analytics to understand what the most popular posts are on your website. A lot of times, yes, it's gonna be your homepage, but other than that, what what else is it? Maybe it's one post that seemed to uh, get a lot of Google love. Well, are you proactively collecting emails in the middle of that post? And I'm not just talking about opt-in forms on your sidebar or at the bottom of your posts either. On these popular posts, sprinkle them throughout the post. People are showing up there. Maybe even put it up top, or perhaps you might wanna use some of the features that a lot of email service providers have, which is a timed pop-up. I would not, let me repeat, I would not have an immediate pop-up show up but I would explore the option of either a pop-up that shows up maybe halfway down the page, which means it's still a screen takeover, but it's not going to interrupt a person as soon as they get there. That can actually reduce the SEO because people might leave right away once they get interrupted. We don't wanna interrupt the conversation, but we wanna start the conversation and then once they scroll down a little bit or after a certain amount of time, I'd say maybe a minute at least, you can then go, oh, by the way, Did you know that I have this lead magnet or this freebie here or this amazing newsletter with a community behind it that I think you should get involved with? So that's what I would want you to do. Put opt-in forms on that page using either a pop-up form or embedded forms, maybe one or two throughout the middle of that page, or you can use sort of the happy medium there, which is the slider or the toaster pop-up, which is not one that does like a full screen takeover, but it can pop up sort of on the bottom, like in the corner, like a toaster, like bread coming out of a toaster, whether it's gluten-free or not, doesn't matter, right? You have a little pop-up show up, it captures people's attention, but it doesn't interrupt people in their flow, just like a pop-up would. So number one, did you get a point? 
opt-in forms on your most popular pages. Have you checked your analytics lately to see what your most popular pages and blog posts and podcast episodes are? Now, if we're talking podcast episodes, then it's gonna be a little bit more tricky. You might, however, benefit from re-uploading really popular episodes with something that you've added on at the end. And if you use a host like Buzzsprout or Libsyn, when you replace those old files with new ones, it's not gonna mess up your analytics. It'll still track the number of downloads which that, that you had and just add on with the new ones. And what I would like you to do is maybe in the beginning of that episode, because it's a popular one, or at the end, or both, have essentially like your own ad for signing up to your email list, preferably a what's called a content upgrade, which is gonna be something specifically and just like mm, mouth-watering. I don't know why I went, mm, that's kind of weird uh, via audio, but <laughs> something that people would get excited about offering their email for, like a checklist or a quick start guide or something related to that particular episode itself. So opt-in forms, or call to action at least, on your most popular pieces of content. That's number one. So did you get a point? Hopefully you got a point there. If not, that's okay. This is a learning experience and that's why we're here. Number two, a two-step opt-in process. Now this works most of the time to increase your conversion rates. It doesn't always, and it doesn't have to be every single time you ask for an email. But first, let me define what a two-step opt-in process is. And this was actually defined back in the early days of the podcast with Clay Collins, who is sort of the creator of this. I helped him through uh, building of a tool called Lead Pages. I was an advisor for that company as well. And he and I together created the two-step opt-in process, which is pretty cool. And so what that means is instead of on your page, when a person lands on it, it shows a name field and an email field, like it does very traditionally. Instead, it shows a button. And the button, when a person clicks on it, that's step one, shows a pop-up that then step two requires them to put their name and email. Now, why would a two-step opt-in process work better than a one-step opt-in process, meaning they don't have to click a button, it's just right there? It's because when you have a two-step opt-in process, all you want a person to see and do is just click a button. So let's say you're offering a lead magnet, for, for example, and you'd say, click here to get your lead magnet. This has the impression of a giving suggestion versus a, hey, can I take your name and email? This is more of a, hey, let me, you know, I'd love to offer this free lead magnet to you, or hey, I'd love for you to join the community, click here. And then boom, step two, here's how you go about joining, or here's how you go about getting access to your free guide or your lead magnet or whatever it might be. So the two-step opt-in process has this more of a giving feel because, and, and also it asks for a really quick yes. And that yes is, hey, click here if you're interested. A very small yes before the bigger yes, which is, okay, now you have to put your name and email. Simply asking for the name and email up front can, for some people, be a little bit too, I don't know, Kind of, kind of a little bit too, too. You're kind of rushing into the relationship a little bit, right? We want, we want to go. Hey, you know, do you want to go on a date? Okay, okay, cool. Like, what's your number? I'll, I'll, I'll call you, kind of thing. So, uh, I don't know if that analogy makes sense in this. Uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. It's been a while since I've dated. I've been happily married for over a decade. So, I don't know. I don't know what the young kids are doing these days. But that's step number two: a two-stepped opt-in process. Now, I don't know if you've scored one point or two points so far, or zero points. It doesn't really matter. This is a learning process, right? Okay, number three, point number three out of 10 is a custom thank you page, a customized thank you page, which shows up after a person clicks subscribe or 
yes, I'll join the newsletter, or yes, hand me that freebie. They put in their name and email. Boom, they click. They go to a custom thank you page. A lot of times on these email service providers, they give you a default landing page that's you know neatly designed, often very minimal, but it just takes them off the website, and then it goes like, hey, well, okay, awesome. Thanks for subscribing. You'll get an email very shortly to confirm your subscription, et cetera, and that's it. Doesn't matter if it's a two-step or a one-step opt-in process. That's the normal default thank you page. However, in every email service provider, you can easily, instead of driving them to a built-in thank you page from that email service provider, you can instead send them to a customized thank you page that's on your own website. And the beauty of this is kind of twofold. Number one, it keeps people on your website. But number two, you can customize that experience a little bit more. And a thank you page is actually a really amazing opportunity to do a number of things. Number one, you can ask a person to go, hey, make sure you get the email to click on your subscription so you can get your freebie. And if you can't find it, check your promotional tab, check your um, you know, your spam folder just in case. And we're not gonna get into deliverability here. That's for another episode. But that's stuff that I talk about in my email marketing course, Email Marketing Magic. Deliverability is a whole sort of chapter in that, in, in that course. But to go back to what I was talking about, having a person know where to find your email is a great thing, obviously, if it happens to land in those spam folders or promotional tabs. Secondly, you can let a person know that they can you know, whitelist your email address or click on that star icon in Gmail, which signals to Gmail to never put it anywhere but in the primary tab. Thirdly, this is a great opportunity for you to have some other customized messaging that is more in your voice, so it continues the conversation versus it's like end the conversation after you subscribe, goes to another web page, and it's like controlled by somebody else, right? You get to continue that conversation in your own style. Number four, benefit of having the thank you page is you're able to add even other things that they could do right then and there. This is a great moment in that conversation that you're having from however they found you to reading on your blog to then subscribing to then thank you page. I mean, they're warm right now. So you can offer some other things. A couple of things that I've learned over the past number of years to do on a thank you page is share other relevant content that may be helpful to them in that moment. Hey, an email is going to be sent your way, but in the meantime, check out these really popular posts on the webpage that I think can help you right now. Number two, you can even put some products or freebie, other freebies that are on there. Uh, you could even see, like I, I know a lot of people who go, hey, by the way, if you like how this email service thing is set up that you're experiencing right now, why don't you be, you know, why don't you sign up to ConvertKit? And, and if, you're an on, if you're teaching people how to do online business, it's gonna matter more. But I do that sometimes as well too. When a person lands on a thank you page, I go, by the way, if you like this process that I'm taking you through, you know, it's all run through ConvertKit. You can sign up here through my affiliate link. So that's number three, a custom thank you page or please confirm page. There's a lot of things you could do there for sure to have a person confirm and all that stuff. Okay, number four, how you're scoring so far. Maybe three out of three, two out of three, doesn't matter. This is all learning experience. Point number four, a custom thank you success page. Now this is different than after they subscribe and they're waiting for that email to confirm if it's a double opt-in process, meaning they need to confirm that email to make sure it's real and get their freebie. The thank you page I'm talking about now is a success page that's shown after they click on that link in that email. 
This is like a secondary thank you page. And very similarly, you can add a lot of the similar things on there like here's some more content that can help you. Here's a download to the freebie in case you didn't get it in the email. Here are some other things you, you can do. You could subscribe to my podcast. You could subscribe to me on Instagram. You could subscribe to me on Twitter. Whatever you want to put there. Again, that's like five, six levels deep now in the experience that this person has had with you. I mean, normally, by default, a page like this might just go, your subscription has been confirmed. Please check your email. Another dead page. We don't want conversations to end. If at any point in time in the journey that a person has on your website, they come to a dead end, you're doing it dead wrong. You gotta keep that conversation going. Even if it's just a few links that they could go to to get some other stuff on your website or to, you know, hey, now that you've done that, awesome. Step two, subscribe to my podcast. Click here to get it on Spotify. Click here to get it on Apple. Click here to get it on Stitcher, all that great stuff. So that's that's number four, custom thank you success page for after they receive that initial email, after they subscribe and they click, yes, I'm a human being. I want my free thing, awesome. And that thank you page can be really, really great. I would also make sure to include some images in there, you know, and, and, and speak in your language. Like, hey, thanks again, you're awesome, appreciate you, and, uh, you know, look out for some more emails coming your way very soon, including one about X, Y, and Z. By the way, since you're here, check out these posts, and if you'd like, subscribe to the podcast here. Here's what you can learn, and, you know, always just keep selling the next call to action from there. All right, so that is four points perhaps, potentially, four points up to that point. All right, number five. Sometimes your subscribers forget that they're already subscribed to your list, and then they try to subscribe again. So when they do that, what happens? Now, by default, your email service provider will typically send them to a page that might say something like you're already subscribed, or it might not do anything at all. It might just take them through the process again, which isn't terrible, it's at least letting them know what to do next or giving them access to the thing that they're subscribing to if they forgot they were subscribed already. But oftentimes in these email service providers, you can have a page that might say something like, hey, you're already subscribed and you're awesome because of that. So here are all the things that you probably had wanted to get access to or what, or what have you. So this one's a little bit less. I, I, from the tests that I've run with a number of my students, this one here is not often talked about, um, but it, it is worth sort of paying attention to because this, this does happen sometimes. A, a big question that a lot of people have is, Pat, what if a person's on my email list already and I'm giving away a lead magnet, but they have to subscribe to get it? So there's a couple things that you can do here because I think what the worry is, well, you're gonna continue to ask a person who's already subscribed to subscribe again to get the thing. So if you are, for example, creating a second lead magnet, something new to share with your audience to build your email list in the future, well, these people who are on your email list already, wouldn't it be great for them to get access to this first? What an incredible benefit. What an amazing way to go, wow, I'm so glad I'm on this list. So if you are creating something new, as opposed to letting them go, oh, there's a new thing, I have to go to this page and re-register, why not just, from the goodness of your heart, send it out to everybody like a free gift and have it sent out early before anybody else gets access to it because they're already subscribed to your list. Make them feel special. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. So if you're doing any of that kind of stuff, I would, I would count that as a point for, uh, for number five because that's, that's some ninja stuff that you can do. All right, let's go to point number six. Point number six, how's your score doing? Is it looking okay? If not, that's all right. Like I said, this is just a learning experience, but hopefully you'll take action on these things too. Okay, number six, you need a killer first email, right? 
So check this out. A new visitor lands on your website and they like what they see. A few yeses later, they're now subscribed to your email list. Yay! A minute later, that first follow-up email arrives. This is after they've clicked the confirmation, they've gotten to the success page on your website. They're like, okay, cool, I can't wait for the next emails. And then you send that first follow-up email that now is for people who are subscribed to your list and you hopefully know a lot about them so you can really drive home that message and really impress them. I mean, this email better be good. No, actually, it better be the best. You can have your best tip there. One, hopefully, that would include, for example, a quick, actionable tip. And that means something that doesn't take too much time but can produce an immediate result. So according to Charles 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 (laughs) <laughs> Darles Chuhig, that's not his name, Charles Duhig. This is a real life. This is a real life podcast and I'm not gonna edit it because it, it forces me to get better. But also, I want you to know I make mistakes too, so it's, it's all good. Charles Duhig, the author of The Power of Habit. Small Quick Wins were like a whole chapter in that book because they start a habit of reward in people's minds. And if you're the one providing that quick reward, those people will have a habit to wanna continually come back to you for more. So first email, equals small, quick win. And the smaller and quicker, the better. Show that you have value to add. So we did this one for a while on the um, email list when people subscribe, but then like everybody started knowing about this because we started sharing it with everybody that we took this off and we have a different first email now. But our first email a while back, especially when it was just a blog before the podcast came, before the YouTube channel came, it was just all about blogging, right? And I had accumulated a, a large number of, of, of bloggers following me and learning how to blog for me too. So content creation was a big struggle. So I knew I wanted to create something that would tie into who I knew my audience was, bloggers, and a big struggle that they had, which was finding out what content to create that would be helpful for their audience, that would create viral content that would go wild. And so I gave them a little trick in that first email that they got after they subscribed. And again, I don't do this anymore. And of course, you're learning this tip right now, so you don't have to subscribe to get it. I'm just giving it to you as a listener. But if you're looking to understand exactly what kinds of content you should be writing about or podcasting about or YouTubing about within your niche, here's a little secret. Go to Amazon and go to the books. Type in a keyword related to a book uh, or type in a keyword related to your industry or market and find the top books that show up. And within those books, look inside the cover because you can do that. You click on the picture and you can look inside the cover and see the table of contents. And that's what you want, the table of contents. Because on the table of contents, you're gonna find the thing that the author probably spent the most time on while writing this book is making sure that they've covered everything that they needed to cover. Now, mind you, I'm not telling you, and please don't copy what they've done. You are not copying anything. You're getting inspiration from the topics that they have handpicked to put in their book to take even further. Meaning, let's say, for example, you look up a fly fishing book because your niche is fly fishing and you see that there's a chapter about tying flies that you totally didn't even think about because you're a fly fisherman, but you don't tie your own flies, you buy your own flies. But now you realize, wow, there's a whole category of fly fishing that I didn't even discover called tying flies where you like hand tie them and you tie feathers and and little string around them to hopefully attract fish when you go fly fishing. And there's all different types too. So you might do the research to figure out how to write a post called top 10 ways to start learning how to tie a fly. And maybe you crowdsource that from people who you know tie flies. Maybe it's ties flies, it rhymes so it's hard for me to say. Three kinds of flies you can tie within 10 minutes or all the materials you need to tie your very first fly. Is your fly up? Yeah, just kidding. 
Well, yeah, it would hopefully be up because if it was down, that wouldn't be good. All right, it's late at night, everybody. It's late at night right now, but I'm creating this for you because email marketing is really important, right? I do, however, have a course called Email Marketing Magic. It went through a beta program earlier in the year. Very successful, by the way. Hundreds of people got in, lots of people getting results, building their email list to thousands, but more so actually automating their email list and turning a profit from it as well, which is what the course is about. If you'd like to check that out, it's sort of like a little sponsorship portion in the middle here of the show, but it's my own course. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash magic, smartpassiveincome.com slash magic, you'll see that course. And uh, we may be in the middle of a launch by the time you're listening to this. And if so, you'll see the, the page there and the discount, the bonus. If not, you'll see it there. However, it is being offered right now. Smartpassiveincome.com slash magic is where I'd like you to go. But anyway, again, the tying flies thing, don't copy, use that as inspiration, right? Go find people who are influencers in that little tiny niche within that bigger niche and connect with them and just use those book covers as inspiration or looking inside the book cover as inspiration. Cool? Cool. So that was our first tip for a while. Now, actually, our killer first email is one that helps us stand out in the audience, which is we actually ask often for replies. It actually depends on where people get in because now, and you'll see this later in the checklist here, there's some more advanced things that you can do with email to understand a little bit more about your audience and your subscribers even before they've they've actually replied back or even received an email from you. You can learn so much from them. But anyway, we'll get into that in a little bit. But yes, a killer first email, but now I actually recommend also using email marketing, whether it's your first email, second or fifth or 10th, whatever, as a, as a way to communicate. This is sort of a bonus tip for you. Use email to communicate, and communication happens in a two-way street. You sending in messages to them, your audience, your subscribers, but asking for messages to come back the other way. What if you were to ask a question like, what are you struggling with right now? Hit reply and I'll do my best to see what I can do to help you out. Can you imagine just how personal that feels, even though it might be an automated autoresponder email? Incredible. And what are you gonna get? You're gonna get your own audience giving you, probably if you get new subscribers every day, every day you will get emails from your target audience in their own voice, using their own language about what they need help with. Imagine what you can do with that information. You could create more blog posts. You can create more lead magnets, YouTube videos, podcast episodes, courses, books. Definitely keep track of those answers and try to see if you can understand if there's any patterns in there too. So that was point number six. Kind of went off a little tangent there, but I'm gonna bring it back back to course here. Uh, that was a killer first email. So that was number six. So what have we got so far? We started with opt-in forms on your most popular pages, okay. Use your analytics to understand. Number two, a two-step opt-in process. Number three, a custom thank you page or please confirm the email that was sent to you page. And then the success page thank you page, which is where they go after they click a link on that email, making sure those are custom, making sure they're on your website, making sure that they have all the things on there that you wanna use to continue that conversation with people. Number five, an already subscribed page, or at least a plan for people who are already subscribed, especially when it comes to lead mag magnets and things like that. Number six, a killer first email. Here's the next new one, number seven, point number seven. Let's see if you get a point here. Scannable content and isolated links. These I cluster these together, because really the, what this is all about is the design of your emails. And I'm not talking about design in terms of like the colors and pictures, layout, framing, you know, images and, and spacing, uh, you know, horizontally and all that stuff. I'm more talking about how's the spacing vertically. And when I mean scannable content, I want it to be scannable like you actually have 
uh, headlines in there and subheadlines. When it talks about isolated links, I mean your links that you mention in your email. And this is, I drive this home in my email marketing course because it's so important, especially for mobile users. Think about that. I think, you know, at least on my website now, I think it's 60 to 65% of people are viewing my content mobile. And it's, I'd be curious to what your uh, answer is. You can check that in analytics as well. But either way, for mobile or desktop, we can't control how people read our emails or where people read our emails, but we can control how easy it is to read, meaning very clear subject line, obviously. Subject line, very important. You wanna have a killer subject line or else all the stuff in the email doesn't matter at all. Number two, you wanna have that first sentence of the email be really, really curiosity-driven so much that they have to continue to read. And then you got them, right? So you need a good hook in the beginning as well. But as you go along, especially if this is longer content, which usually in like autoresponders, it can be quite longer because you're teaching versus a broadcast, which is more timely and things you need to do now. You need to have some, some comfort, some breathing room for the eye as they come down. If it's just one giant paragraph, and even if the paragraphs are spaced out without headers in between, people are gonna get lost, it's gonna get tiresome, they're not gonna know where they're at. And then with links, having them be on their own line is key, especially for the fat thumbers like me. I got, I got what, I, what I like to call, if you ever see me in person, ask me to see my thumbs. I have Nintendo thumbs, as they call them, or club thumbs. I don't like them. I don't like them at all, but that's just who I am. I'm a person with club thumbs, where like literally the nail is wider than it is taller. It's so strange. I'm very embarrassed. If you see me, I'm often like holding my thumb in my fist because I'm like, I don't want people to see it. No, it's not that bad. But yeah, look, look at my thumbs uh, next time we meet. Hopefully we get to meet again sometime because hey, I, we're in isolation right now. We are in quarantine. And right now, I mean, maybe maybe in my live stream, you can ask me. If you, if you check me live every morning, 8 a.m., Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on YouTube. If you catch me live there and you've listened to this episode, that'll be a little fun Easter egg. If you catch me live at paflin.com slash the income stream, again, every morning at 8 a.m. as long as we're quarantined, do me a favor, ask me to see my thumbs. And that, that, that's how I'll know you'll have listened to this episode. I'm not gonna tell any other, anybody else about that. So that's a little gift for you. Anyway, scannable content and isolated links. So for the fat thumbers like me out there, make sure that when you put a link in your emails, you essentially set it up by saying like, oh, and if you wanna get email marketing magic, click on the link below, colon, space, and then a, a, a fat link, like a link that's a hyperlink that says, click here to get, get access to email marketing magic and your special bonuses. Like that whole sentence, a link, because it'll be double lined on mobile, it'll be nice and bold, and it'll be underlined, and it'll be a different color. You can't miss it, you absolutely can't miss it. Sometimes, especially when it's blue text, underline versus black text and it's just on a mobile device with people's eyes and you know you're scrolling through really fast you're going to miss the link especially if it's within a paragraph so scannable content easy to read and isolated links that's point number seven point number eight here we go remind people when and why they subscribed now, the why is more important than when. Oftentimes, you can even include special code within your email to let and remind people when they subscribed. Because, and why is that important? Because a couple things you can do. Number one, it just reminds them how long they've been on, on your list. And if they're new, awesome. They, they can hopefully see that, wow, we, I haven't even been here that long and I'm getting some great information. Because everybody gets tons of emails every day. It's nice to sort of remind people where they came from and what, what, what they're doing there. Um, and then for those who have been subscribed for a while, it'll remind them that they've been on this for a, go, a good amount of time and they're still getting value from it. And I think, and, and of course, a preface to this is make sure you send valuable emails that are worthwhile to read. But 
that having the timestamp in there can be really useful. It depends on your email service provider, but uh, yeah, that's that's a fun thing to add sort of at the bottom or the, maybe the, around the signature of the email. Um, I know a lot of people who put it in at the top, actually, because it just is a quick thing. Like, hey, you subscribe to this email list on this date, which makes people go, oh, I did? Okay, cool. But I think the most important thing is whether you say directly or indirectly through the content that you share in your email, have something that reminds them why they subscribed. And I often, in my email list at least, say, hey, thank you for subscribing. The real reason why I work so hard to make these emails this way is because I wanna make sure that you get the value that you deserve being here. Thank you for trusting me with your email. Look out for the next email so that you can do X, Y, and Z. So just kind of reminding people every once in a while. It doesn't have to be in every single email, but if you have an autoresponder sequence and let's say it comes out every week, I would say, you know, every once a month, just kind of remind people at the bottom of those autoresponder emails, check in with them. Just kind of, hey, you know, content aside, like how you doing? I just wanna make sure you're cool here. You know, what we do, we try to help you make more time, make more money, help more people. And hopefully this email proves that, you know, this is, this we're, we're upholding our end of the bargain. And again, thank you for subscribing. Looking forward to sending you the next email. Sweet, okay. Next, number nine. This is probably my favorite tip of them all because, and I'm really excited, uh, ConvertKit, which is the email service provider that I use, recently added this feature and it is my most requested or was my most requested feature because there's it's just so powerful. So imagine you send an email and it's it's an autoresponder email. So a person gets it, you know, eight weeks after, but at the bottom of that email, somehow there's a call to action to go and subscribe to the webinar that you are holding next week or to get tickets to the live event that uh, finally opened up that you are selling or to check you out live tomorrow morning because you just decided to do it last night. How can you potentially do that? Well, you could go into every single email and insert and copy and paste that link and that call to action at the end of every email. But then after that, like you gotta change it because somebody's gonna get that same email a week later because they subscribed a week before or a week after. And so that's not easy to do. But you can use something called a text snippet or global text snippet. And what this does is it allows you to, in your emails, just insert a little code that is master controlled on the back end for you to change whenever you want. So no matter what emails people are getting or when they're getting them, it'll always say what you put in the global snippet at that time. Now you don't have to include the global snippet in every single email, but Putting it in your autoresponder emails, for example, in a PS at the bottom of every single one that just says, hey, PS, by the way, next week I'm gonna be conducting my first live webinar. I'd love for you to be there and check it out. Or you know, whatever the, the direct call to action is for something timely like that. I mean, that is a huge deal because you're likely sending out hundreds, potentially even thousands of emails a day without you even knowing it because it's all autoresponder based, right? An autoresponder, once again, is people who subscribe to your list, and if, if you choose to send an email now and you send it to them, that's called a broadcast. It's not an autoresponder. An autoresponder email is one that you wrote, you know, two months ago that is the first one they get a week after they subscribe. And somebody who subscribes next week, well, they're gonna get that email first a week later. So they are pre-written, but it's so powerful to be able to control a global snippet that you can include as a PS or in the middle, sort of a, a, a mid-roll inside your email call to action sort of situation. I mean, man, how powerful is that? It's totally ninja. 
And I uh, can't wait to utilize that more because it literally just came out with ConvertKit. So you should try that out. Number 10, we've sort of brushed along this already. So I kind of gave it away, but th- this is, I'm gonna give you a point for this if you do this. In- if you encourage replies, I want you to encourage replies. That's point number 10. If at any moment in the first four or five emails that you send out with your autoresponder, you encourage a reply, bonus point for you, or a point for you, not bonus point, because that's 10. You know, we get really selfish with our email list, right? Not just because we don't want to share it with others, which is totally understandable, but because we're always having a one-sided conversation. We tell, we share, we promote, and that's awesome, but we don't ask. We don't wonder. We're not curious. We don't encourage a reply. And in several emails I've sent in the past, I've, I actually have asked my subscribers for a reply, and you should too. You can ask things like, what are you struggling with? Which we went over earlier. What would you like to see me write a blog post about? Or who would you like to see me interview on a podcast? What was your first impression when you visited my website? Please tell me, how can I improve to better serve you? What's one thing that bothers you about your online business or blog? Or what, what's one thing that bothers you about the niche that you're in? I'd love to know. Hit reply, I wanna, I wanna answer back. And if you're just starting out and you're like, wow, I guess I do have the time to reply. Like, that's great. That's your, that's your huge advantage. If you're just starting out, you have the advantage of being able to see all the answers that come in and reply personally to every single one. And no, this is not passive at all. But it shouldn't be passive. This is not scalable. This is relationship building. And when you're just starting out, that's gonna be your big differentiator that allows you to compete with the big boys, with the big guys. Because those bigger brands are not gonna have the time to be as personable as you can. So if you're just starting out, yes, encourage reply and then see if you can reply back and have a conversation, get to know them, pay attention to the language that they use, pay attention and keep track of all the answers because that's just gonna tell you what direction to go next. So what's your score, right? Let's go over this one more time. Number one, opt-in forms on your most popular posts. Point number two, a two-step opt-in process. Number three, a custom thank you slash please confirm page. So right after they hit subscribe. Number four, a custom thank you after confirmation page. So after they click the email that they got to confirm, where do they go after that? Is that custom? That's number four. Number five, a custom already subscribed, I'm gonna call it experience, not not, not just a page because you, you can kind of do that however you want. I just want you to think about the people who are already subscribed and how they need to either resubscribe to get something or are you giving them that thing early. Number six, a killer first email. Number seven, scannable content and isolated links. Number eight, remind people when and most importantly, why they subscribed. Number nine, apply a global text snippet. And number 10, welcome and encourage replies. So what was your score? You know, we didn't go over a lot of the traditional stuff that I would hopefully hope that you're doing if you're doing email marketing, such as writing great subject lines, such as, you know, purging your email list maybe once a quarter, once, a, uh, you know, every six months perhaps to keep it clean, you know, paying attention to your deliverability, uh, segmenting, tagging, and automation strategies. And again, This is the kind of stuff that I teach in my online course, Email Marketing Magic, which at the time that this goes out is available. Uh, And you'll see the page at smartpassiveincome.com slash magic. And it was our most successful beta course that we've ever run. 
we had over 300 people join, which is amazing. We're looking to see how many people we can help with email because it's so important. And I've talked about email before. I'll link to some other shows that we've done about email marketing and just how important it is and what you could do with your email list in your business. But uh, we'll also link to some other helpful resources as well. But but the most helpful one being our premium course, which just came out this year, Email Marketing Magic at smartpassiveincome.com slash magic. I mean, there's so much to unpack there, which is why um, the, actually this course was the number one requested one that we've had out of everything that we've done. And it's very relevant whether you are podcasting, blogging, doing YouTube. Email marketing is so important because our other means of reaching our audiences like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, other social media platforms. I mean, these platforms are getting in the way. The algorithms are messing with our audience, finding our stuff. And even if you, ha- even if you have 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, I guarantee you, not even 10% of those people are gonna see when you come out with a new video. And when you have a Facebook post or an Instagram post, I guarantee you, a majority of the people who have said, yes, I wanna follow your stuff, are not seeing your stuff. But you still control your email list. That's the thing. There are these sandboxes that we keep playing in that other people own. But your email list, you own. And that to me is also the best business insurance possible because if something were to happen to your website or all your social media accounts were to go away for whatever reason, guess what you still have at the end of the day? Your email list. And I remember my website was hacked in 2013 and I lost access to everything except my email list. And that allowed me to continue to not only stay in communication with everybody and let them know what was happening, but number two, we were still able to drive traffic to our podcast episodes and actually still make sales during that time period when the entire website was down. Gotta build an email list. And if you haven't done that yet, I'd recommend checking out, again, 100emails.com or subscribing to and getting access to ConvertKit, which you can do for free at the start. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash ConvertKit, that's where you can go. And that is an affiliate link, just FYI. And then if you're interested in diving even deeper into this, you've been doing email marketing or you know you're just getting started, whether you have a business already or not and you wanna do it the right way, smartpassiveincome.com slash magic. From this episode, we'll take you to the Email Marketing Magic course. And I hope you enjoy that. Uh, and if not, if, if you're not ready for that or you cannot afford it, if it'll put you in debt, don't. Please do not buy it. This is an investment and there are a lot of free things that you can use to work your way through email marketing. But if you want the convenient and clean and step-by-step way to go about it, well, then this would be a great investment and hopefully provide an amazing ROI in the future for you. So again, smartpassiveincome.com slash magic. And the show notes for this episode can be found at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 422. Once again, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 422. Thank you so much, Team Flynn. I appreciate you. Hope to see you live on my morning show, The Income Stream. Yes, that is the name of the show, The Income Stream. 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. I think that's 4 p.m. UK, 4 or 5 p.m. UK-ish. If you go to patflynn.com slash the income stream, you'll see the next waiting room available in the next time it is there. But uh, until then, I hope you're staying safe, hope you're staying well, and I uh, just appreciate you for your time and attention and look forward to serving you even more in upcoming episodes. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you in advance for all those amazing reviews that are coming in on uh, Apple. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Appreciate you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today... 
I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.